I am in John 2, verse 3. I only have a few scriptures. You know it is our custom to stand for the reading of the word. And my text begins, it says, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, Child, they ain't got no wine. (laughs) And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That's it. That's my whole text. Father, whatever you say, we're going to do it. Whatever you have already seen this night being, Father, we're going to fall into alignment with what it's supposed to be. I don't believe that anyone is here by coincidence. I believe that you have designed and orchestrated for everyone who is supposed to be watching online and in this room to be in here because you told me that you were sending your chosen people to hear this word. So, Father, I ask that you would open the floodgates of heaven, oh God, and that you would just pour and pour and pour until depression has to leave until darkness can't stay that you would pour and pour and pour until somebody's creativity comes back until the spirit of heaviness is broken and somebody receives their joy again I come up against every witch warlock demon that has ever tried to wage war against the people in this room and I claim it as territory for the kingdom of heaven we're going to take our position as a result of receiving this word so father I simply say have your way great God that you are and as for me let there be no nerves no fear no anxiety just your word your power your strength standing tall in me in Jesus name amen amen so this time of the year I always start thinking about the holidays and just getting myself mentally prepared for Thanksgiving. Um, When PT and I got married, this is almost my five-year anniversary in Los Angeles. Yes, y'all are big stuck with me. So um, when we first got married, though, our Thanksgiving was very small and intimate. It was just a couple weeks after we got married. And you know, I'm a Texas girl. I like to cook. I like to just put things in pans and see if the Lord would have his way. He blesses that, and so our first Thanksgiving was a little small, and then as word began to get out, our Thanksgivings grew, and then all of a sudden, it went from like eight people to like 50 people at our house for Thanksgiving, and I do most of the cooking, and I could cook for eight people with my eyes closed. I grew up in a big family. It's not a big deal. When you start cooking for 50 people, though, you don't just run up on that. Um, (laughs) You don't use your same situation that you use when you're cooking for eight people. And so I had to get a strategy together because there was a plan to have Thanksgiving, but I didn't want to just run up and just live in that plan. Sometimes you can't just activate things. There's a step in between planning and activation. And that step between planning and activation for me is preparation. So my children will tell you, on Monday, we prepare for Thanksgiving. I cut everything up. I separate all of the ingredients for the cake. We slice things. I put everything in the pan. But still on Tuesday, 
there comes the most challenging part in the process. And for me, the most challenging part of that process is when I'm sitting there looking at the groceries. And the groceries are looking at me. I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, Steph, you got to cook this food now. You didn't get out this far to lose. You spent the money at the grocery store. The people are coming over. I'm in a tight spot. Come on, tight spot. I preached a word. Come on, tight spot. Whew. I'm in a tight spot, and I got to cook this meal. And I have to push myself to start. Because no matter how much you plan and how much you prepare, there still comes a time when we have to push ourselves to be activated. Why is it that we plan and we prepare, and yet when we're standing in a moment, we still need a push to be activated? Everything we're doing suggests that we are headed in a specific direction. But when we're standing in that moment, Sometimes we can be so blind to the moment that we're standing in that we don't trust that we can actually be activated. I don't know who you are in this room, but God told me to tell you that what he placed down on the inside of you is in demand. In demand, that's my subject for today because no matter how much planning and preparation you do, you have to take that step into activation. And part of the reason why you must take that step and you are pushed into taking that step is because the anointing that's down on the inside of your life is in demand. It's in demand. Right now, in this season, in this culture, there is an anointing that God placed down on the inside of you, and it is in demand. That is a word for somebody. If you don't take anything else out of this message, if I closed it up right now, you've got to know that God did not just give you an idea, that God did not just give you this thing in your head. He gave you an anointing that this world needs, and if it stays inside of you, then the world is going to be robbed of what it really needs you are in demand. I don't care what they say on Instagram. I don't care who's popular right now. I don't care who has the most followers. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about what's in demand for what God wants to do in the earth. And if you look at what culture says is in demand, you will miss what the kingdom says is in demand. And when the kingdom says that something is in demand, you got to listen. Because when the kingdom thing is in demand, then darkness has got to back up. When the kingdom thing is in demand, then demons start trembling. And wars start ending and mental health becomes saved and art is created with conscious why because the kingdom is in demand baby the kingdom the kingdom is in demand the kingdom is in demand the kingdom is in demand who is the kingdom the kingdom are those who do the work of our father the kingdom is in demand God needs what's down on the inside of you I don't care the kingdom and it never goes out of season kingdom, the anointing that God placed on the inside of you is in demand. We need it now. We need it now. And somebody's been planning and somebody's been preparing, but somebody is afraid to unleash what God has given them. 
And God told me to tell you that the reason why he gave it to you is because he thought he could count on you to release it when it was in demand. We need your leadership. We need your music. We need your art. We need your ideas. We need your wholeness. It is in demand. I don't know who that is for because I'm all out of sequence and it is not how my message is supposed to go. But I came here to wage war with the thoughts that are down on the inside of you, trying to make you believe that you are regular, regular, and that someone else could come around and be who you are. No, 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 honey. The reason you are still in this earth is because there is something that God says only you can do and it is in demand now and that's why all hell has been breaking out around you and through you but I hear God saying that I came to cause peace to the storm so that who you are can rise to the top hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, your mind needs to know that you're in demand. Somebody's mind has been waging war with them, trying to make them give up, trying to make them back down, trying to make them think that because someone else started that they don't have to get started. But I came here to push you into your destiny. Mary has this moment with Jesus and she goes, I gotta push you into your divinity. You've been planning for this moment. You've been preparing for this moment. Give me a little bit more bass and the microphone because I got some work to do and I'm not gonna lose my voice playing with the devil. We got something to do in this place. Mary had to push Jesus. She pushed him. She pushed him because he was waiting for an hour. But she wanted him to know this can get started whenever you're ready because you planned and you prepared properly for the moment you're now standing in. Oh God, I don't know who you are because now I didn't skip down to the end of my notes. But Mary is looking at a version of Jesus that is not the little boy she raised. When Jesus was 12, he was teaching in the temple and she had to pull him back because he got activated before he was prepared. You were gifted, you were talented, you just weren't prepared. And sometimes when you get pulled back, it makes you afraid because you don't know when you should get started again. Somebody in this room got pulled back, not held back. You gotta know the difference between getting pulled back versus held back. I hear God saying that thing that pulled you back ain't holding you anymore. So now you can start preparing like you're waiting for your hour to come. I hear God saying something had to take his hands off of you. It pulled you back, but it didn't hold you down. So between the ages of 12 and 30, Jesus is what appears to be undercover. God told me he wasn't undercover, he was underground. So that he could have the roots and the training and the understanding of who he is. So that for this moment in the text, he could be pushed into activation. That means that Jesus had to deal with being gifted, but not seen. 
for 18, for 18 years, Jesus was anointed. He was gifted. He was powerful. But he was not seen by man. And he got pulled back. But he was still working like he knew his hour was coming. How do I know that he was still working like he knew his hour was coming? Because he started gathering disciples and he got baptized by John the Baptist. But in this text, it still says my hour hasn't come. I'm just working like my hour is coming. And until you start working like you know your hour is coming, in spite of the fact that you have been pulled back, then you will not be ready when your hour shows up. But if you start working like I know the hour is coming, I'm saving like the house is on the way. I'm getting my heart ready like the family is already in the room. I'm working like my hour is coming. I'm studying like my hour is coming. I'm creating like my hour is coming. I'm serving like my hour is coming I'm working I'm working and I'm waiting I'm working and I'm waiting I'm not waiting for somebody to give me work you work differently when you know your hour is coming when you're unsure you start falling off your square that's all right you had activate LA I came to put you back on your square Somebody started to believe that their hour isn't coming. And I came here to tell you that if you are still in this room, then there is still an appointment with destiny that you have not yet met. And I came here to let you know that you gotta start working like you know your hour is on the way. You gotta start creating like you know your hour is on the way. No room for bitterness, no room for hatefulness. I'm working, that's why I can't hang out. I'm working like I, my hour is coming. I'm walking like my hour is coming. I'm talking like like my hour is coming. Everything I do looks like I'm waiting for the moment. My hour is coming. It doesn't make sense now because you can't see what's coming. But Jesus knew that his existence all started with the word. So if I haven't seen the word, I still got more work to do so that I can create an environment for the word to live in. That's what your preparation does. Your preparation is you facilitating God's plan. It's what you do in your life that says, I'm getting things in order because there's a plan for my life and I gotta make sure that everything that is in my life can facilitate what God is gonna do through me. I, I'm preparing differently. I'm not preparing the way that I was preparing when I wanted to be famous. That's a different preparation. I'm preparing like I wanna be used. I'm preparing like I want miracles to flow through me. Preparation is when the miracle happens in you so the miracle can come through you. I'm gonna say that again for some in the back preparation is when the miracle happens in you so that the miracles can come through you somebody wants miracles to come through you but the miracle hasn't happened in you but when a miracle happens in you you'll look back over your life and you'll say it's a miracle that I think the way I do it's a miracle that I walk the way I do it's a miracle that I create the way I do it's a miracle that I got confidence like this what happened to me I got touched and when I got touched by the power of the Most High God. Yeah. 
and shifted things. Preparation. The miracles gotta happen in you first. Cause you cannot impart who you are not. The miracles gotta happen in you. You wanna change the industry, you gotta understand how to change you first. Cause when you understand how challenging it is to change you, you'll see how challenging it is to influence another person. The miracle must happen in you. And it happens in how you prepare your life for the plan that God wants to activate through you. And that's why we have to make some tough decisions about who we're going to be and what we're going to think and how we're going to act because the, the power's got to flow without being diluted. It's got to flow without being poisoned. It's got to flow. It's got to flow. And it can only flow through your preparation. Got to have it. I got to have honesty, I gotta have integrity, I gotta have loyalty. I can't think that you're for me and against me at the same time because that messes with God's power and his ability to throw, flow through me. Mary has an interesting job in this text because she's looking at a version of Jesus that is no longer the little boy that she raised. She's got to make the challenging, challenging decision to release Jesus so that he can fulfill the prophecy connected to who he is. She pushes him to draw on the miracle that's down on the inside of him, the anointing that's down on the inside of him. Mary sees that his anointing is in demand. Not because they have run out of wine, but because the world is ready for the Messiah. God help me. So she's gotta back him in a corner. She's gotta back him in a corner in this text and she's gotta make him either fess up and be who God knows he is or deny that it's in him at all. And you need people in your life who will back you in a corner and make you make a decision. I'm tired of people who let you just live on the fence. Somebody came in this room because they need someone who will back them in the corner. I need someone who will force me to draw on the anointing that's down on the inside of me that will make me pull a miracle out from the depths of my soul. You need people in your life who will back you in a corner and say, now you ought to be thinking better than that, shouldn't you? After all that you've been through, they make you draw on a version of yourself that you've been hiding and that you've been questioning and they say if I can make you draw on that anointing then you can unleash that power in this room I'm trying to push you in a corner trying to push you in a corner LA I'm trying to push you in the corner online family because if I push you in a corner I know that you will either leave this place but if you stay in this room I feel the spirit of God in this room if you stay in this room I want to prophesy that every person who stays in this room and who signs up to get pushed in a corner is going to draw on the anointing that God placed down on the inside of them because they made a decision to be in this room and to activate everything that 
he has placed down on the inside of you. I said that you are not here by coincidence. I don't care what the suicidal thought said when you were on your way in here. I came to push you in a corner. I don't care what depression said. I don't care what you've been through. I came to push you in a corner because I know that if you're in this room, there is an anointing connected to you and I need that anointing to break open like never before. I came to crush every thought, every imagination, every power, every shameful action until your oil breaks through. Your oil is ready to break through. Oh, that's it. Your oil is in demand. I feel God in this place. Your anointing is in demand. The ability to break that generational curse, the anointing to do it, it's in demand, 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 it's in demand. What God placed down on the inside of you, this world needs it like never before. Our city is on fire. The earth is groaning for the sons of God to take their anointing and unleash it in the earth. The tornadoes in Texas and floods all over the world, your anointing, it's in demand, it's in demand. God wants to see you step into it. Uh, these situations, these experiments, they're trying to push it out of you. Mm. Somebody's at their breaking point in this room. And you think you're about to break down. And I hear God saying, you're gonna break through. The real version of you was going to break through. What Mary does in this moment is she pushes him over to divinity. She says, you've been human long enough. Now it's time for you to be pushed into divinity. It's time for you to be pushed into a realm where you see what God placed in you. It's time for you to be pushed into a realm where darkness has to back up off of you. You've been undercover too long. You've been underground too long. It's time for you to be pushed into what God has always known about you. And the hardest part of this is not the planning and it is not the preparation. The hardest part is getting this started. The hardest part is actually activating the confidence required to allow God's glory to be the only place you live. You see, Jesus got to live a regular human life for as long as he could. But when his anointing was in demand, glory was the only place he could live. My husband and I, we looked each other in the eyes and we made a decision a few years ago and we said, glory, or nothing at all. So whatever we have to do and whoever we have to become 
so that glory can flow through us. That's what we do every day. That means that we've had to die to what we wanted to do. And we had to die to what we wanted to say. And we had to get up and preach tired. And we had to get up and preach with our family falling apart. But we got up anyway because we said glory or nothing at all. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live this little life that everyone else can predict and everyone else can dedicate and see what happens. I want to live a life where glory is the only way I move forward. What does it mean? What does it mean to see God's glory in your life? It is when his manifestation of his presence, the manifestation of his presence, the manifestation of his being is the only place you choose to live. So any thoughts that can't live in his presence any decisions that can't live in his presence have to be confronted and killed. Because this thing is not about me. It's about his glory. And it's going to be about something. That's the way this thing goes. No matter what you do, you're going to fall into living your life for a specific purpose. But in this room, I want to give you an opportunity to qualify what you're living for. That you would make a decision. Maybe you didn't even come in here for this. But God said it's time for you to be pushed into glory. Jeez, this is not how this was supposed to happen. Somebody's got a decision to make. You know who you are, you know who they are. You know what it is. And sometimes you just need somebody to push you. If Jesus needed a push, then guaranteed we're gonna need a push. Because it doesn't happen easily for any of us. But it's time for what God wants to do in the earth to happen. Mm. It's time like never before for his kingdom to be established in places that we literally have never seen his kingdom established before. I don't know who you are. Maybe it's fashion. Maybe it's film. Maybe it's something that we haven't even seen yet. But God says, I want to give you the insight and the strategy to establish my kingdom in places that it hasn't been yet. Don't you know that's why you're here? God did not send you here so that you can pick up and establish the kingdom where it has already been established. You are here to establish the kingdom in an area where it hasn't been established yet. That's why those people weigh on your heart like no one else because you're the one who's going to take the kingdom to them. You're the one that's going to tell them the good news. You're the one that's going to let them know there is another option. You're the one that's going to let them know that your heart can still be healed. You're the one that's going to let them know that our family doesn't have to continue living the way that it's been living. You're the one. 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 Your anointing is in demand. Your gift is in demand. Your songs are in demand. Your films are in demand. I know the phone's not ringing yet because they don't know what I know. That God is preparing you in advance for what the world is going to need. Because 
in this text, it would stand to reason that there was a need for wine and then there was God's miracle through Jesus. But the truth is that the miracle happened before the need arrived. That the moment that Jesus was born, there was a solution to the need. You are already the solution. The need hasn't been presented to you yet, but you are already the solution. That's why you have to know that that anointing is in demand. Because if you don't know that the anointing is in demand, then you'll miss the need to unleash your anointing. But if you see what God placed in you properly, you'll be working and waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. My hour is coming. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I don't know who you are, but I hear God saying the wait is over. I, I don't know who you are, but I hear God saying that, that you just got pushed into it, that you just got pushed into it. That's not everybody's word, but if that is your word, I want you to give God a shout in this place. I just pushed you in position. I just pushed you into who you're supposed to be. You've been planning and preparing long enough. You've been planning and preparing long enough. God says you don't need to add another thought to it. You don't need to add anyone else's opinion. You've been planning and you prepared long enough. God said, unleash that thing. God said, let it go into the world. Let it heal the sick. Let it raise them from the dead. God said, let it go into the world. This world needs to hear your worship. Your worship is not just what you do in this room. Your worship is how you create outside of this room. This is my worship. This is not just my work. This is not just my song. This is not just what I do for fun. This, this is my worship. And I don't do it so man can validate it. I do it because it was trapped down on the inside of me. And I had to make room for God to give me something else. So I just produce and produce and produce. And it doesn't matter who sees it. And it doesn't matter who sows into it. I do it because it's who I am. I do it because it's who he's called me to be. I do it whether 700 come or seven people come because that's who I am. I don't do it so that man can approve it. I do it so that God can use it. I'm gonna say that once more time because it felt like bars. I don't do it so man can approve it. I do it so God can use it. And if it's in me, it can't be used. But if it is out of me, then I'm crazy enough to believe that hell would have to back up and demons would start trembling. God saying somebody's gonna worship in this room in a way they've never worshiped before and I hear God saying that's gonna be the push you need to live in your divinity to live in your confidence to live in your ministry 
to live in your anointing God said it's going to happen through your worship that it's not you're not just going to wake up one day and have what it takes you're going to get it because you pursued it in worship I didn't have anything when I woke up this morning but I said if I worship I think God will give me something I don't know what woman evolve is going to be but God told me if I worship I'll give it to you I don't know what happens for me in 10 years but I know if I worship God will give it to me I don't live by what man says I don't live by bread alone but I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and I cannot get a word unless I'm ready to receive a word 10 seconds of worship worship your healing it's in your worship love you need it's in your worship it's it's in your worship it's in your worship it's in your worship we'll talk practical later we'll talk practical later God says I'm gonna use the foolish things of the world I'm gonna use something foolish like a few hundred people coming together on a Thursday night to shake this city up I'm coming with this city on fire there's a fire burning down on the inside of me. I could have turned around and went home, but there's a fire trying to get out of me, and I need a word that'll push that thing out of What you feel in this room is not the overflow of my anointing. This is your anointing breaking open. Never forget that what you feel in this room is down on the inside of you. And you can take this into any room and you can take this into any bank and you can guarantee that when you leave this place, and when you leave anywhere you go, that I'm not rolling by myself, and I'm not out of options, and I'm not out of strategy, and you can say yes, or you can say no, but at the end of the day, I'm still going somewhere. I still got work to do.
I got to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, in the morning, me and PT, we're going to go to the doctor because I think I have a pinched nerve in my neck. And I got this word, and everything in me said, maybe you should not come. Maybe you should go to the hospital. Maybe you should not show up. Maybe you should back down. But I said to myself, there is nowhere else I want to be on Thursday night than releasing what God gave me. We can worry about the doctor later. I believe that if I get in this environment, that I can cancel the doctor appointment in the morning. That's how crazy we are. That we didn't tuck our tails and go home. That we said we're going to be in the house of the Lord. Because at the end of the day, what God has decided to set in motion in LA will not be stopped by any means necessary. You gotta make a decision. Who you're gonna be when it hurts. Who are you gonna be? when it hurts. Can I still count on glory when it hurts? Because when you work, even through the hurt, God says, I'll work it all together for your good. If you work, I'll work. It doesn't mean the hurt won't come. It just means that every hurt will have a purpose and that you will use every pain for his purpose. That when it's all said and done, pain will not have the final say. There are some things family that only you can stand up to. This was my lane tonight and I had to stand up to it, even hurting. And when you leave here, you're going to have to stand up to whatever it is you're facing. The spirit of fear, the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of being unsettled, when God has called you to be steadfast and unmovable, I don't know what you're going to have to stand up against. I don't know who you're going to have to leave alone. I don't know what you're going to have to change about the way that you live your life. But what I do know for sure is that you're going to have to stand up to yours too. But God will give you the power to do it. You won't have to do it by yourself. And sometimes you just need a little push. I want to pray for you. Mm. You're in this room. You know exactly what you need to do. You've been knowing it for a long time. You've been planning for it. You've been preparing for it. 
but you're afraid to actually step into it. Mentally, I, I'm ready, but I'm not sure that what's in me is ready to come out of me. I want you to come down to this altar. I want you to push past people the way you're gonna to have to push past fear and anxiety. I want you to push past people the way you're gonna to have to push past second guessing, the way you're gonna to have to push past depression, push, 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 like the woman who's wanted to touch the hem of his garment, she had to push. God, I've been knowing for a long time what I need in order to be activated. But I've been scared. There's nothing wrong with being scared. All of us deal with fear. And it's nothing wrong with being pushed in a direction that you know you're supposed to be in, but you're gonna miss who you were. That's okay too. Because as you continue to grow and evolve, you're gonna be so in love with who God has called you to be that you will not miss the counterfeit version of who you once were. You'll look back and say, I thought I had it all together, but boy, was I wrong. There was another dimension of me that I could have never imagined I would ever be this confident. I could have never imagined that I would ever be this whole. I could have never imagined that I would no longer be depressed, but you had to be pushed. Got to be pushed out of that humanity. Got to be pushed out of that flesh so that you can step into your divinity. You're here and you're wondering as we were worshiping and singing and praising if Jesus is the one for you. And I'm telling you that he will take you even when you're second guessing. And that he will say, test me in this and I will prove myself to you. That Jesus will show you that he's been there all along. He'll show you the thoughts he has towards you. He'll show you the plans he has towards you. I wanna invite you down too. You don't have to have it all figured out. We certainly do not. But what we do know for sure is that when we were weak, he was strong. And we, we were sick, he was our healing. And that it has been his vision for our lives that has seen us through over and over and over again. I'm gonna pray for those of you at the altar, but first let's take 10 seconds to lift up our own voice before asking anyone else to pull us through. Let's just take a moment in our own way and acknowledge what's happening here. Prayer doesn't have to be scripted and fancy. It can just be your truth. God, I don't know what's happening in this room, but I feel something I've never felt before. God, my hope, it was almost gone, but I see a flicker, God, I see a flicker. For somebody, it's not the whole flame, it's just a flicker. Acknowledge that light, though. 
We've acknowledged the pain. We have acknowledged the darkness. We have acknowledged the disappointment and the shame. Now let's acknowledge the flicker. There's a flicker. There's a flicker down in your soul. There's something telling you there's more to you than this. There's another level available to you. I know you can't hardly see it right now. It's just a flicker. But God says the more that you focus on this flicker, you'll see that it's actually a bonfire. But you got to move some things out of the way so that you can see what's burning down on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Father, we worship your name, Jesus. Jesus, you've gone ahead of us. You have shown us how to face every obstacle that we will ever have to face. Thank you, Jesus, for being a big brother. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving us notes for how we can make our way through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us that it is possible for us to have humanity and divinity living in the same body. God, thank you for sending Jesus to show us that being human and divine is complicated, but that at the end of the day, divinity can rise to the top. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to kill our flesh. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to take the devil and place him under our feet. Thank you, Jesus, for teaching us how to stand up to critics. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us how to walk out of our comfort zone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the things we've seen and the things we haven't seen. Thank you, Jesus, for the things you did for us when no one was looking. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking our name in the Father's ear when we were strung out and drunk and out of our mind that Jesus was sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession on our behalf, saying, don't give up on Sarah, she's coming. Saying, don't give up on Jonathan, he's on the way. Don't give up on Laquan, he's still coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you kept speaking our name when we wanted it to be silenced. Thank you, Jesus. That depression had to let us go. And that pain could not have the final say. Because when they nailed you to the cross, and when you were scarred, broken, and bleeding, Jesus, it looked like that would be the end for you. Jesus, there are people at this altar, they're scarred, they're broken, they're bleeding. And it looks like it'll be the end of them. But Jesus, that same power that raised you from the dead is sitting at 614 North La Brea. And we need some dreams resurrected in this place. And we need some vision resurrected in this place. So Spirit of the living God, let your resurrecting power fall in this room like never before. You're watching online in the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. is available to you in London. It's available to you in Africa. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you've been through. The love of God will go into the strip club and pull you out. It'll go into the man's house and pull you out. That's the kind of God I serve. It is that same power that we are asking to fill our soul. God, let that power fill our soul. And may it push out everything that doesn't look like you. 
And may it remind us of what you've already known about us. Let that power, that resurrecting power, bring us back to life, God. That our innocence would be restored. I don't know who you are, but God says your innocence is going to be restored. That you're going to have childlike joy again. I know what your daddy did. I know what the rape did. I know what the disappointment did. But God said I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. That I'm going to give you joy you should have never had. Peace you should have never had. But that it's going to be my peace power that makes up the difference your marriage is going to be healed your finances are going to be more than stable there's going to be overflow God's going to bless the work of your hands that is the word of the Lord so father I pray that this would be one of those messages they never forget that every time they wonder about themselves that you would remind them that the anointing that you placed down on the inside of them is in demand and that the hour is now for them to release the miracle of them into the earth. So Father, repeat after me. Father, I receive my identity as a miracle. Thank you for believing in me for giving me another chance to step into my divinity. Father, help me to resist the gravitational pull of who I used to be so that I can discover who I'm meant to be. Open my heart and open my mind to the possibilities of what you see when you see me. Father, uproot every negative thought, every depressing thought, every insecure thought, and anything that doesn't look like you. And in its place, fill me, God, with your spirit, your power, your authority and your anointing so that my cup will never run dry thank you for jesus thank you for making him who had no sin all of my weakness all of my limitations and all of my shame and when you place him on the cross and put it to death and raised him up I was raised up too free and victorious anointed and powerful confident and strategic and no devil in hell can undo what has already been done I claim this word I receive this word let it take root and produce fruit in Jesus name Amen. Let me hear the sound of victory in this place. I said, let me hear the sound of victory in this place. Let me hear you activate what God has already known about you. I need to hear activation. I need hell to hear activation. It sounds like hallelujah. It sounds like glory to your name. It sounds like demons trembling.